Welcome to another episode of Rejoicing Daily with your host, Rebecca Brandt. She has a heart to help all families find the joy and beauty of our daily lives, not living in negativity, but truly counting our blessings. The show is based on that beautiful verse in Psalm 118 verse 24 that says, This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Join Rebecca and her special guests as they share insights for Rejoicing Daily. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Rejoicing Daily. I have to tell you, I am... I know every time I say I'm excited about this call, but I'm really excited about this call because today I have a very special woman, Connie Albers, who is author of ConnieAlbers.com. I met Connie personally um, at a conference and then had no idea I was going to see her several times within a, a very few quick months of my life. And during that time, she just poured into me in a way I did not expect. She is a homeschool mom who has graduated five children. She has assisted with various conventions. Um, she's a person that gets behind speakers and helps them find their word and their way. She's helped corporations, um, helped um, prepare events and help launch them. And beyond that, in addition to that, she is a woman who gets out there and helps mentor moms on her journey and their journey. And her passion is to build relationship with others in a way that does not just help them, but makes an impact on the culture in which we are living in future generations. Connie, welcome to the um, to Rejoicing Daily. Can you please share just a little bit about yourself for everyone who's listening today? Oh, thank you, Rebecca, for having me. It is such a delight to be with you. And yes, I it is funny how God brings our paths together so unexpectedly. Here we're attending something, not really knowing each other, and here we are just a few short months later chatting. I um I think your intro was just very sweet. Thank you so much for that. You know, I do have a heart for building. Um, you know, everything in our world is designed around relationships. God created us to relate, to relate with one another and with our family. In in your work that you do, you relate with other people. I love building those connections because that's what gives us that strength and that stability. Uh, again, if we are a relational being, then we have to learn to develop those relationships and cultivate that sense of trust with one another. Trust. I think um, that is one thing that so many people are struggling with in in our culture today. Um, it seems to be an area where there's a lack of trust from every family all the way just through every aspect of our society. Um, so I think it's interesting that you brought that up because I think trust can truly help anyone grow their faith in Christ and that through building those relationships and those trust with other people, then we can help being a guiding light for him. Um, I, totally I really hadn't thought about that. that until you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just the, the foundation. Without without trust in your relationship, no matter what they are, um, you have a shaky foundation. And, and that's why, you know, Christ is our solid rock. He is that bedrock. He is one that we can trust in and, and run to. And so 
that is our heavenly father and our earthly relationships, we have to have that bedrock of trust in someone that we just know there's somebody there that has our back, that uh, has our best interest at heart, not what they can you know, really get from us. And that's what, so much of what I've seen over my life is, you know, people come alongside you because you can do something for them. And I think that's part of, you know, we want to talk about mentoring. And I think that's a lot of what mentoring is. It's it's the pouring out, not taking from. Mm. That is a good point. And that's not necessarily what our society says today. You know, <laughs> I think a, a lot of what we hear is only hang out with those people who um, who do something for you. Mm-hmm. The influencers. Right. You know, it's funny because the those same people, you know, we talk about influencing and influencers. You know, we are always influencing someone, even if it's just one, if it's just our children or if it's just our husband or we're always influencing someone and someone is always influencing us. And it's important who we allow that privilege of influencing us. That's That's pretty key. Because they can influence you in a wrong direction and really steer your life uh, many years until you either crash or you need to get a course correction from the Lord. And so um, I think that's why the the paramount of, of trust is so important because when you have that, you're able to be vulnerable. And, you know, let's let's be real here. Most people today, they're afraid to be vulnerable because the moment they open up, uh, that's just an invitation for somebody to rip their heart out or to hurt them in some ways. And so we get more and more um, layers or protective coating around our heart when we really need to be able to be open and, and, and be real from the heart and, and just ex- be transparent. Wow. You you just said so much in that. Um and for all of our callers, I have to let you know right now, this is this is all God at work right here because this is not at all where we had originally thought this call would go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when God does that. Um, okay, so let's back up. Um, talking about worldly, where world says be with the influencers, there is there's nothing wrong with people who are out there influencing. What people need to 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 gain. And, Connie, I I know this is exactly where you were headed with this. At least I'm fairly certain of it is. We have to know what is a good influencer and what isn't. And a good influencer Mm -hmm. is is an individual who is pouring into us, not for selfish gain, but for the selfless life that they desire to live in Jesus Christ by helping others grow and go for whatever passion it is that he has created them for, for his glory. I would agree. I would agree. You know, we we talk about mentoring, and I know that's what you had asked me about earlier. Um, you know, I didn't. I never really set out to mentor anyone. I just know that we're all in a journey, and we're all in different seasons of our life. And, and the best picture I can give is is kind of like a a relay race, really, where no matter where you are in your journey, you, you, you're passing off a baton. You're either reaching forward because you need somebody to help you or you're reaching back because somebody has got their hand outstretched to you. And so, you know, I, I never, like I said, anticipated this. It was funny. Back in my childhood, I, I will never forget this moment. I was in my second grade class with Mrs. Federer, and she kind of looked like that name, Mrs. Federer. 
And so I remember getting my report card, and I was all excited. And on the back of my report card, it has a little comment section. You know how we, you know, oh, what did they say? And uh-huh. she said, Tanya's a good student, but she talks too much. <laughs> but, but I didn't I know I where got that, that same <laughs> I know. Here I am to second grade, but it stayed with me. And, you know, my parents cultivated that. They never, they never stymied that. They encouraged it. And I didn't know that was a communications gift. Uh, I didn't know that I would be leading anyone. I just knew I like to talk with people. I like to hear their stories. I know there's so much pain. There's so much joy. Um, life is just hard. Um, people disappoint. And so this kind of continued throughout my life where every job that I took before, you know, when I was in school, um, I was always trying to make memories or solve problems or just help somebody grow. Then in my early 20s, you know, I had all these goals. I was I was kind of a career woman, and I desired to have all these, you know, accomplishments, very goals-driven. And so I had the opportunity of representing a Fortune 500 company and, and being a spokesperson for them and then working with, um, and that was Walt Disney World, and then working over with Estee Lauder. And it was such a delightful time. But both of those companies in my early, early years taught me some very positive um, skills that, that have still impacted me, and that is one makes memories, and the other one makes beauty. And even though we're talking makeup and stuff, you think, how does that all fit together? Well, we're all we're just part of that journey. And so when God called me out of my career world, I was called to be a mom. And so I did step out of the career world for a while, and that's where these three older women came alongside me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know really how to be a wife. I didn't know how to be a mother. My, I came from a broken home. It was a really difficult childhood, you know, and most people can relate with that, right? Oh, so they just took me under my, they just took me in my wings. And, you know, the most important things that I think about, even now, all these years later, these ladies, they were all different. Uh, one was a full-time working mom. The others were leaders in their church. Some of them were speakers. Some of them were just stay-at-home moms. But they loved me. They taught me, and they encouraged me. And I would say that's really what I want your listeners to understand. That's really what a mentor does. A mentor is not somebody who tries to fix you. They're not somebody who's trying to solve all your problems. They love you right where they are, where you are. They teach you. They teach you the ways of how to how to love. What does that look like? Not how to love to get what you want, not how to teach to get something in return, but just teaching you what God's principles and ways are and encourage you because you're going to misstep and they're going to be there and they're not going to make fun of you. They're just going to be there to say, you know what, it's okay. It's really okay. Remember what that goal is. Remember what 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 you're trying to do in your family and in your children. Remember that. Just keep your eyes on that. And so that's very different from somebody telling you what to do or who to be. Definitely, or how to, or, yeah. I um, I think that's really important for people to understand because as we go through this life and we're looking for people to mentor and we're looking up to people who are considered to be experts, there's going to be times where even the experts 
can get it wrong because we're human. Um, and I, having grown up in a in a broken home as well, um, experiencing death and divorce at a, a very young age, and um, not so great start in life due to mistakes on my own part. Um, until probably the past few years, I've never really experienced. Um, a mentor, someone to pour into me that would then just give me this desire to turn around and do it for others, to, to mentor others in love. Um, but I think through that and through what I've, I've witnessed lately going on around us in society is also helping people realize that we've got to be accountable for ourselves um, and that if we are staying grounded in God's word, then we know if we're hearing something that is against his word. But even if we miss it, even if we miss that and we start going down a road that is not the path God wants us on, is to still maintain that responsibility for what we do allow into our lives, for how we conduct our lives and how we run things in our own household. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Oh, Absolutely. Um, what what have um, what have you experienced as far as where you may have had an opportunity for someone to influence you in a way that wasn't necessarily a good path, and rather than sitting back and allowing that to become your focus on making sure the world knows that something was not your fault that it was someone else's fault. Having spent wow, a few, mo- few months with you, I can see that that you have grown to a point where you you look at situations and you say, you know what, while this wasn't correct, I was still responsible for my own actions in this, and I'm not going to blame it on someone. I'm going to accept it, I'm going to address it, and then I'm going to move on. What helped you get there? You know, clinging to the Word of God that says, you know, we people are not people are all on a journey. They all have their own baggage, for lack of a better word. I mean, they're all dealing with something in their lives, and we don't know the conversation that's coming, that's taking place between their ears, and and we also don't know when we speak what we think we say may not be what somebody else hears. And you know, you you probably experienced that where. It's kind of like a coffee filter. You put the coffee grinds in and pour the water out, and out comes coffee. And so when we put the coffee grinds in, we think we're going to get coffee out. Well, it depends on if they were flavored beans or not. And so if they were cocoa beans or – I just – I love the fact that God is not as interested in who is right or wrong. He's interested in are we handling the situation right and wrong. And in our action, does Christ – is Christ seen in what we say and do? Or do we die on things that really don't even matter in the end? And so that is really over all the years why we've been able, not to mention the fact we've had five teenagers, and, you know, those always ensue lots of um, long conversations to try to get to the bottom of things. Um, and so I don't know if that really helps answer that question other than, Wisdom, you know, God says when you lack wisdom or discernment, you ask of him and he gives generously. When people try to give you their input, oftentimes I just step back and I say, I hear what they're saying, 
and maybe it's really good. God, was there one or two points of truth to that that I need to take and apply or I need to address in our family or in, you know, whatever situation it is? And then, God, would you just delete it? Just like a computer, you know, we get information stored in our brain and it just keeps replaying and replaying and replaying. Delete it. Just let it go because it's only hurting you and then it causes you to go down a path that God didn't intend. He knows the plans that he has for you and they are for good. Even though things don't always present themselves as good and they're not always what you want, sometimes that no or sometimes that wrong turn actually is just where God wants you to be because then he gets you back on your knees looking up. Oh, I love Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the first time I really started studying it and learning that God was telling them this as they were the Israelites this as they were going into seventy years in exile in Babylon, and too often, I think we miss that where even the bad things, even the things that we miss through the filter that we have, God uses that for his glory, and oh, so often something I've said or even a child in my home has said has either not been spoken correctly or has been misunderstood because, like you said, when I speak something, it's going through my filter, but it's also going through the filter of the other person and where their heart mm-hmm. is. And we are not all on this journey at the same place at the same time. Right. And we can't know the heart of another person. I mean, our own heart is desperately wicked. So we yeah. certainly can't know that of another person. And so judging them... Yes, we do expect certain behaviors or we there are certain expectations, but in the end, God tells us to really, going back to your comment, really we're responsible for what we say and don't say. We're responsible for what we do and don't do. And so the true control is over bridling your own mouth. And you can only do that through taking, you know, taking that every thought captive and being in the Word of God so that He is dwelling richly in you and the words that come out of you are good for others to hear. Hmm. Words are powerful. Um, I was actually sitting today jotting down just a few thoughts um, that I was working through in a conversation that I'd recently had. And my son saw the notes and he picked it up and he brought it to me and he goes, Mom, do you think I'm difficult? You don't understand. And I looked at him. And I said, "What? What are you? Uh, what are you talking about?" I was devastated. I mean, I could just look at his eyes and see that he <laughs> was thinking that I had written something about him. And I said, "What? What are you talking about?" And he showed me the notes, and I was like, "Oh, sweetie, that that has that has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. That piece of paper was mommy writing down some notes." where I didn't understand something that had nothing to do with you, where I was working through my own thoughts. And by writing it out, I was able to talk with God and keep my brain focused in that moment on exactly what I needed to work through with God. Mm-hmm. And I was so glad that he had come to me with this. Um, I was heartbroken that he thought that it was about him. Um but I was so thankful that we are working together and and building that trust because if he didn't trust me, I don't he think would he would have harbored it. Yeah, I, you just 
Yeah, you said it. You you nailed it. I mean, you've built in to that relationship a sense of he can come to you. It's safe. He can come to you. He can bring this before you. He's not afraid of what you might say or you'll fly off the handle or you'll get mad at him or you'll accuse him. He's not fearful of that at all. He's just delighted that he, you should be delighted that he's just coming to you and saying, I trust you enough, Mom, to reveal what these were. Was it me or is it something else? What a beautiful picture of, of a relationship. Well, that has taken time. I grew up in a in a very some well, in a hostile home. And um it is something that I have been working on and making sure that I am controlling my facial features and the tone in my voice and the words that I'm saying. And I am not perfect in this by any means, especially in a home where I have two children going through adolescence and I am actually going <laughs> through changes in my own chemistry and my own body. Um, and so I lately have been spending just a whole lot of time calling certain friends that I consider mentors and doing a double check on my own sanity, my own thought process, um, talking and praying a lot with my husband, um, mm. and then asking him those really hard questions that we really can't ask other people, and we don't really even want to ask our husbands half the time because <laughs> they're going to tell us the truth. <laughs> I know, right? It just that's the beauty of it, but it's also the painfulness of it because it is. That's that one person in our life that sees us and they know if if our walk is matching our talk and you know, there we need to be able to be vulnerable and exposed with them uh, if we're going to have a sense of a healthy marriage and a relationship. You know, it's it's funny because when we when we met I won't, you know, I'll never forget you asking me a couple of questions. And one of the things you've asked me is, how do you know, um, how do you mentor, how do you know you're going to mentor somebody? And, you know, we, I've thought a lot about that and kind of thinking back on this. You know, the biggest thing for me is I never set out to be a mentor. I just set out to be faithful. And as God has brought women either to me from, for me personally, because again, I'm still in a season of life where there's those that have traveled further, and the moms that are, you know, not as far as I have traveled. The thing that I look for is a humble heart that wants to know. Mm-hmm. The women that are really asking are moms that are really desiring, and so when you can be real with them, because you know there's not all these layers of I'm just trying to get I'm just trying to get to know you because you are a this or a that but it's a genuine I've seen your walk or I've seen your kids you know kids are a testimony not that we raise our kids to be our trophies and our legacies per se of it's all about me because that's not accurate at all but it's more about we're raising um when we raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, then people see that. And so other moms, you know, in this um, mentoring thing will will say to me, I've seen something. I've seen how your kids look at you or I've seen how your kids talk to you. How did you do that? And so for me, I love to just sit with a mama and listen to their story. Mm -hmm. And why are you where you are? And how did you get there? And 
where do you see God taking your family? I'd love for families to catch a vision of what God can can do through the mom and the dad. You know, we're imperfect. We're just so terribly imperfect. And it pains me because I just wish I could be perfect, at least for a day. And it just doesn't happen. Yes. But I've told my children, I'm not perfect. And I admit that. But I am the perfect mother for you because God gave you to me. Now, together, we're going to do this thing called life, and let's make it and walk it to the best of our ability so that God's glory is shine, shines through all that we say and do. And it's not always going to happen. It's not utopia by any means, but it is, it's that picture we have to hold on to during the hard times because when we stumble and fall and our knees are bleeding and our leg is broken, we still need to know where we're headed. Right. Well, it, it was interesting timing when God brought you into my life because I knew I was entering into a time of transition. And I didn't know exactly what that transition was. I just knew that it was going to be some huge changes in my life. Um, as my children get older, I guess I had assumed for a long time it would be a time for less of mom. And mm. what I was quickly finding was it was, they were needing more of mom. And so, you know, I had been spending a lot of um, hours building my website, Moms Mustard Seeds, to encourage other women, and I was finding that um, to becoming not a a hindrance, but it was taking away from the time that my children were needing me more. Mm. Um, So it was interesting when you were asking me, you know, where where are you and, and what are you wanting to do? And um, I really didn't know how to answer that, but it really freed me up one day when you said, when I said, you know, what were you doing when your children were my age and entering these years? And you and one other person were so very honest, and you said, because of where my family was and what they needed, I had to back out of the things that I thought were important at the time and focus on my children's hearts because I wanted to go after their heart for the glory of God. And that just spoke to me at a time where I just needed to hear someone in the world say, if that's where God's leading you, that's where you need to be. And then to see how God has brought that full circle for you, where you took that time out, but now you are entering a time where you can be out there assisting, influencing others for God's glory. And I did see this in your daughter when I was sitting at Real Refreshment. But there was another way I saw it, Connie. I was sitting in the back of the room at Real Refreshment, and you had introduced me to someone that you knew. And I asked this young mom, you know, how long have you known Connie? And (laughs) tell me some of the ways that she's impacted your life. And so here's another mom who's close to my age, has children close. She has more children than I do. She's, She's walking a similar journey than I am. And she just sat there and poured out what every woman wants in a woman who is going to walk by her side and help her through thick or thin, not wanting anything out of it except to pour in the love of Christ. And Mm -hmm. I was sitting there going, this is the real thing. This is what we need. And it was beautiful as I sat there and I watched women build relationships at the conferences and just grow together and to start this community. And I thought, wow, God, 
you've really brought someone through some things. And while she stepped back, her stepping back has allowed her to step up in a way that I think is going to glorify you in a way the world's not expecting. You know, it's funny that you said that and bring that up. That whole, the woman that you met is just such a dear lady. It be That relationship began because I wanted my daughter, my daughters, I have two, to know how to serve others. And it was very important that they were not all about certain things um, in the teenage years, that they really understood the art of serving and and, and being what it looks like to keep home. So I just started off with having my daughter go over and help this young mama out so that she could um, get a mom's day, you know, go to the grocery store, do have coffee with a friend. And then it and then it turned into I would drop my daughter off and we'd have these conversations and they they lasted longer. And then it became I would drop my daughter off and she and I would go out and have lunch or have a cup of coffee or something. And and that's how that whole beautiful picture has, has come about because here I am pouring into mom and she's now pouring into my daughter and now my daughter is pouring into her daughters. And I think that is a an absolute picture of what Christ wants us women to do. We are, God has equipped women since the, since Eve. I mean, really, we have a very powerful position and we so often want to put other things as being a little more important one question I'm asked is, how do I do it? And 27 years later, I say the same way, one day at a time. One one day at a time, one conversation at a time, in the little things. If one thing that I can do, Rebecca, is to encourage women, because my story is going from this wonderful, quote, career, which is just a job. And when I left, I was replaced by somebody else who probably did maybe better than I did. We'd all like to think no one could do as good as us, but the truth is somebody can, and oftentimes they have better ideas. But when I stepped out with a simple question, you know, I came home, I was working uh, for a big company at the time, and I had I went into labor, and I, I said, you know, this is what I need to do. And it was tough. I mean, we financially struggled a, a lot. It was hard. We had gone from two incomes to one at the time. Didn't know what it was going to mean, and I don't want to go long, so please cut me off if if I'm going too long here. But 26, let's fast forward 26 years. My daughter is now 26 years old. There were seasons where I was in and seasons where I was in leadership and speaking all over and seasons where I closed the blinds and I just stayed home and I tended to raising my children. A lot of women are afraid to do that. We're afraid we're not going to be able to reenter. What are we going to do? I, I would go bored. I would go crazy. I would. I've heard it all. I've literally heard it all. But my 26-year-old daughter, one day, um, not not too long ago, we were having a conversation about a company, and she said, "You know, Mom, you've done all this really cool stuff before you had children, and you did all this little cool stuff while you were, you know, running these homeschool groups and running these conventions and on and on." And you're doing this really cool work now. You're speaking, you're coaching, you're doing all this stuff. And she said, but mom, your life's greatest work was in us. That's your greatest investment. Look at us. Look at your children. Look at your family. If that's not enough to wake every mama up and say, 
that investment is worth everything. Because God's word says in Proverbs, you know, the her, um, God's word says her children will rise up and call her blessed. Trust me, during the teen years, they don't always rise up and call you blessed. They do call you things, but not always blessed. And in their young adult life, same same scenario. There's conflict. It's hard. But if your goal is those sound relationships where your children see the, that they mattered, they mattered more. Not that you can't do anything because there, there are certainly situations and circumstances and choices that we make. But your children and your family still know if they matter and if they're number one. And I think that is so important. And just like you said, there's going to be seasons. And I think that's where our faith in God has to really um, help us identify where we need to be in the different seasons of being a mom and a wife. Because we can't forget that we're a mom, but first we are a wife and cultivating Mm -hmm. that relationship with our husband and influencing their lives in a way where we are are helping them to be the leader that God wants them to be in the home in the same way that Christ was God's helper while he was here on earth. Um, Right. I mean, you start off as two and you will end as two. I mean, that's where we are now. Our children are all, my baby is going to be 20 next month. I, you know, I did happen to, thankfully, when I had the children, they just kind of kept coming. So we had five and seven years. So it was a it was a race for a while, and now that that journey is is really coming to a close, and my baby's almost twenty, you know, Tom and I are, are looking at each other. And if we did not cultivate common interests, if we did not cultivate love between each other and respect for each other, we'd be staring at each other with a with a different outlook of what our future would look like. And it, again, it was hard, but we kept that priority, even when the kids were little, that we came first. The family started with two, and we'll end with two. And in the middle, we'll have a bunch of little, and that's the fun. That's lots of fun, but that's not the primary focus of everything that you're doing. You're building a family that you're going to shoot out for Christ, and you want those arrows to to make a difference and point others to Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, and it. You know, um, I don't know if my listeners are aware of this. A few weeks before um, Real Refreshment, when I saw you last, we had driven up um, from Georgia to South Dakota to see my mother-in-law, who was starting chemotherapy. Her um, her leukemia had trans- had moved from being chronic to acute, which was really bad, and so they were hoping to put it into remission. And mm. I had mentioned this to you at... Um, the morning after real refreshment that I'd gotten a call from my husband that said, you know, his, his mom wasn't doing well and, you know, it, it, she had not gone into remission. We didn't know what that meant. And then just a week later, we got a call saying that we had to drive up there. And it took us two days to drive up there. God carried us through a horrific ice storm. Um, and we made it we made it to her bedside within 20 minutes of her leaving and walking into the arms of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And... um. During that time while we were with her, my husband had a chance to read the Bible with her and pray with her. And while she wasn't able to talk to us, God brought to mind the last conversation that I'd had with her face-to-face. And it was when we were leaving her hospital room. I'm going to try to say this without crying. Um, 
she said, well, during her life she had, she lost both of her husbands um, to cancer. And her her first Mm -hmm. husband, my my husband's father, died when he was seven. And so she raised four children as a widow and did not remarry until they were all grown. Um, She ran a neonicu facility in the same hospital where she was at the time. And she said, you know, um, I've lived a good life, and if and if God decides that I'm not going to win over this leukemia, it's a blessing to see my children walking with God. Mm. And I want each of you to know that I love you, and I've lived a good life. And should he bring me home, I'm ready. But should he leave me here, I'm ready. And I thought that was just a beautiful testimony for this amazing woman who had touched so many lives, so many parents whose babies that she had held. We were able, we found a letter that someone had written in the hospital about how beautiful she was and how caring she was for their baby who didn't make it and how she had just cared for them. She spoke truth, but she spoke it in love. And it, and it really hit me when we drove back and we were visiting with all of her friends as we were celebrating her life. And each person that she had touched had a special memory. She had touched each individual in a special way. You didn't hear the same thing all the time, the same theme, yes, that she loved other people and that she poured into other people. And she did it out of love for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was just an amazing testimony. And it really hit me that, we as moms get so focused on the here and now and exactly where we are, and we tend to lose that eternal thought process. One day I'm going to say goodbye to my children. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say goodbye to my grandchildren if I'm blessed in that manner. What legacy is it do I want to leave for Christ? And the legacy she left is the one that I want to leave. Wow, that's a powerful statement right there. I, you know, my heart hurt when all that was happening because we we enjoyed having you so much at the retreat. You did, you just, you led the women in prayer and and just, I could tell God's spirit was just there, and you had really based everything you were going to say um, in prayer and just making sure that it was God speaking through you, not you speaking. And so as you were driving up, I also know it was hard because you didn't get to join us. And there were there would probably be people maybe who, yeah, there would be people who would try to figure out a way to get there because, you know, oh, it's a, it's a stepping stone, you know, maybe it's a stepping stone to something or maybe this will happen or, you know, God, I've really been praying about this and I just, I knew you wanted me to do this because this has happened and this has happened. And when that moment came, you chose what mattered most, being there for your husband, being being there to spend that time with your sweet, precious mother-in-law, to be there for your kids. That spoke everything. That has impacted my own life. So here you think I'm touching yours, and you end up touching mine. You make We make hard decisions. Sometimes they're not even that hard when we know where we're going. You know what you're looking to build. You know what God wants you to build. And I think the important thing for me is 
to encourage moms to have that confidence to say, no, it's okay. I will not be afraid to say no at this opportunity or that opportunity or this experience or that experience. I'm really going to listen to the Lord. And if he says no or he pulls something back or he says he redirects, he's got a yes around the corner. He does. He does. He he um he started teaching me no um when my first son was born. I was <laughs> Yeah, he put me on bed rest and I was definitely career minded, was not going to quit my job. I had a ticket to Tel Aviv, I was supposed to be going to Israel on this big project mm. I was working on and two weeks before the doctor's like, Oh, um no, your project this summer is a baby And I'm sitting there going, Um, no, 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 I've got this really cool job. Do you see um and he's like, no. And I'm like, computer in bed? He's like, no, nothing, no stress. Mm. So God God started teaching me no. Um, and then last year, and I I know you're familiar with this, um, I, I just started, I stepped down from several things that my heart was in love with. I just knew that God was doing big things and I wanted to be part of it. And God started telling me, no, you're, you are done for a while, and we're going to learn how to say no. And so he started teaching me that word again. And um, when we got the call that day, you know, I immediately called you and, and told you. And it, the irony is, is my husband said, well, you know, Rebecca, we can buy you a ticket because we'll be driving back. <laughs> we can buy you a ticket, and you can fly from there and go there. And I looked at him, and I was like, I know that you support me in this, and I know that you that you are as in love with sharing God's truth and you saw the impact that weekend had on me. But there's no way, no way I'm going to leave at this juncture and not go through this entire process with you. There's just no way. And I think God started preparing me for that when my own mother passed away. I knew that my family was going to need me. I had no idea that in the midst of all this, my daughter's favorite guinea pig was going to die while we were traveling and she would need me on the drive back um she had a special relationship with my grand with her grandmother and and the guinea pig died and i just remember driving in the car back going god i know there's a lesson in the guinea pig (laughs) and i really didn't drive home (laughs) i didn't know what lesson since then i have found the lesson in the guinea pig um and that's not been a very easy lesson either but you know and you and i were laughing earlier this the little things it's the it's the little things in our children's lives that help build up that trust and when they know they can trust us with the little things they can trust us with the big things and i think that is where you are showing so much fruit in women because you built these relationships beginning with the little things pouring into them and you built that trust and then that is what women i see that you've touched are starting to duplicate. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to share how I've started duplicating that. Um, I've shared it with you. Um, but it's what I want my listeners to hear today, is that there are women out there like you, Connie, who have been there, who have walked that walk, and you know it when you meet them. And they are, and I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be very honest to keep this real right now, they are the Uh-oh. scariest people that you are going to meet because they are going to be the people that sit down next to you and they are going to love you just in the words that they say where you're going to sit there and go, 
I know I can be vulnerable with this person and they are not going to hurt me, but so many people have hurt me. I am scared to death to open my mouth because that means then I'm accountable for this relationship that God wants me to start. Hmm. Cannot live in fear of that. I I just love you. I I have been delighted in watching because I'm an observer. I'm watching from the outside what God's doing and then through your life and all these all the the exciting things, all the hard things, the things that comprise life, you know, the hurt, the pain, the rejection. And but that's all part of what's making you you and what's helping you to gain that wisdom. So that when you do speak, those words are soothing balm for other people, for other women. You know, we, again, I just go back, you know, for me, I know that I want to change the world. I know that women have the ability, not not discounting men at all, but women have the primary influence over their children because they're with them so much. We have that nurturing ability, and we really take that nurturing Everywhere we go, we have that sense of instinctive what's going on. We can sense the temperature in the room as far as what are the attitudes and what's kind of going on. I think that's God-given. And I want to encourage women to understand that and to embrace that and to choose wisely what what they do and what they allow to envelop their time because it will have a dramatic impact on when you're sitting where I am. What will you see what you were hoping to see? Now, will it be perfect? No. And if you know my family, we're not. But we have a great time and we have wonderful relationships. And every one of my kids are on a journey. They haven't arrived. I haven't arrived. But together, and that's the key, we can build and we connect with one another and truly shape this culture in a way that others see Christ. We have the Internet. We have social media. Do you know that women are dominating social media? That shouldn't surprise anybody. It used to be in the playgrounds and in the schoolhouses, in the homeschool community. Now it's online. So women, use that influence that God has given you for good and not evil, to bless others, to build others up, and to equip them so that on the day that they stand before the Lord, God will say, well done, good and faithful service. Yes, and and like, like homeschooling, like the other ways you mentioned, we have to be very careful that it is not distracting us from the original purpose for which he has given us a husband and children. Mm-hmm. Yes, you made a, you made that comment about seasons. Absolutely. There are seasons, and we have to enjoy them. Because we'll blink, literally, your sweet little Jessica. You're going to blink, and, and, and you're going to be helping her pick out a wedding dress. And that sounds so, I know people hate to hear that because they think, oh, I could just slap you because you're not where I am. No, I was where you are. No, I don't I don't hate to hear it. What I don't want to do is miss it. Don't miss and it. And that's where God has me right now is don't, don't miss it. Don't substitute the things that others say are so wonderful or so exciting. Don't substitute God. Don't substitute the best, um, the good, for God's best. Yeah, 
You know, um, I'll, I'll throw this in here, and then we'll start to wrap up the show. A few years ago, um, I was supposed to go to a big conference, and that big conference ended up being a, a big um, springboard for several of my friends who went. It ended up being like their their first real break. And I mm-hmm. had a ticket. I was going to be rooming with people I knew. Um, my husband was going to go away with his mother and the kids for the weekend. And about three weeks before the very last day you could sell your ticket, I said, you know what, what if this is the last chance we have to go to the beach with her? What am I choosing right now? And is this the choice that I would want to make should this be the last time? And so I I said, no, it's not. And I called my husband. I said, I'm going to sell my ticket. I'm going to go with you guys this weekend. And he's like, no, 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 you, you should go because it's going to be a good thing. And so, you know, thinking back now, that was when God started saying, it's time for you to realize this is this is not where I want you right now. And, and you need to be making other choices so you don't miss it. Now, that's not to say other people shouldn't make the choices they're making. Each person has to make the choice that God wants them to make for whatever season they are in. So, um, and you know what a mentor does is just brings life. You know, kind of going back to our topic about mentoring, that's really what a mentor does. They breathe life into where they, where someone else is, and they help them get their wings, and they help them learn how to love. How they teach, they they train, but they don't try to fix because that that's God's business. Um, that's just not ours. That's that's a work that the Holy Spirit does in and through us. And, you know, I love what you said. We're all in different places. We're all in different seasons. We all have different family needs. And certainly this economy doesn't help too much, does it, Rebecca? It's no, tough. That's, that's what I keep asking, elect- God. Really, you want me to say no right now? <laughs> you know, the electric bills are going up. School care is school costs. I mean, books, everything is going up. Clothing's going up. Food's going up. And sadly, Income's going down, and you know we're all face we're all facing that. But that's where the beauty of having a community of women, where they loan, and and I say loan, but we really do. We loan our skills, our strengths, our talents, and we come together and we make it work. We've done it, we've done it for all time. You know, somebody raises corn, or somebody has goats, or somebody has whatever their skills are, and we build a community. In that, and I believe God looks to that, and He provides in and, and through all means. Whether it's you're working outside of the home, or you're working in the home, the most important part of wherever you are and wherever God has you is you're keeping first things first. That Christ is the center. That your husband, if you are married, that you cultivate that marriage relationship and that your kids know there is nothing that matters more than them. Not our work, not our projects, not our homeschool groups. Nothing else matters more than them. And that we would literally lay it all down if the needs of our family became such that that's what we had to do. And that is freedom. That is where we are able to say we've got choices. And that's, that's an encouraging point. Well, Connie, if you could share one little thing that a mom could do right now that helps you learn 
bringing it back around to the name of the show, Rejoicing Daily. What would that one little thing be? It's a choice. You choose to rejoice. Because life circumstances aren't always fun and they're not always something that you feel like rejoicing over. But it's a choice. Guard the conversation happening between the ears. Take every captive. Take every thought captive to Christ. And that helps you to make the choice to say, in this day, I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. There's always something we can rejoice in, even in the worst and the worst of the situations. There's still something we can be thankful for and count it all joy. Definitely. Connie, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you please share with everyone where they can find your blog, Facebook, whatever you would like to share? Well, you can find me at ConnieAlbers.com. I'm also on Facebook at Connie Albers. Um, Twitter is Connie L. Albers. And then I have the, my Pinterest and Instagram. So you can pretty much find me all over the social media sites. You know, I've spent a lot of time building up and pouring into other um, platforms and other companies and such. And so now I'm I'm kind of getting mine going just for that purpose of encouraging and supporting women in a way that uh, says, hey, you know, I've I've made some hard decisions and this, it's okay. Don't be afraid. So I'd love for them to join me on any of my social media platforms and let me get to know them better. And I highly recommend visiting Connie's blog. And she just she writes very well written posts. She speaks right to the heart with love, grace, and truth. Um, it, there's no frills. She just she just speaks with such grace. Um, go visit there. The links will also be at Rejoicing Daily. So if you're listening through a podcast, go to ultimateradioshow.com/slash/rejoicingdaily. Within there, look for this podcast. You'll see it. Um, and Connie's links to the various places you can find her will be within that as well. Connie, thank you for joining me today. Um, you are such a blessing once again. God has shown up. This is not at all um, the show that I had planned. We started out <laughs> on the questions, and, and God took us somewhere else, and I knew he was going to do that, so I'm so thankful for that. As always, I start the show before recording with a prayer, but I end the show with a prayer that is recorded. Um, so, Connie, let's let's go to the Lord in prayer. Um, dear Heavenly Father, what a blessing. What an amazing opportunity to sit and chat with a woman who's a few hundred miles away from me. I pray that women and men, children listening to this show around this amazing earth that you've created will listen and be inspired to go out and to share their desire to rejoice daily with others, to pour into them for no reason at all that has anything to do with them, but only for you. To remember that it's only through being vulnerable, through laying our own lives down, that we can bring others to truly know you through reflecting your light. We plant the seeds, dear Father, and you pour into them with your living water. I thank you, dear Lord. I praise your name, and I thank you for Connie. And it's in your son's precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Connie? Thank you again, and for everyone that has joined us today, thank you for joining us, and I look forward to hearing from all of you. Feel free to leave comments. Let me know how um, you think the show is going and what you would like to see in the future, and as always, continue to rejoice daily. 
And until next time, may you be blessed. We hope you enjoyed today's show and will come back for future shows of Rejoicing Daily. You can find the podcast through the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network at ultimateradioshow.com and listen at your convenience. Until next time, make sure you are Rejoicing Daily.